Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hi, I'm Chris Kiefer. Thank you for joining me. You are entered in the OG of media testing podcasts, the one and only RockyMountainATVMC.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast with a check mark. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three day shipping. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is a premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Thank you for shopping there, people. Been getting some emails last week that you purchased at Rocky Mountain. I appreciate it. And, of course, fly like an eagle into the sea. Fly racing. That's a good song, by the way. God, who sang that? Mm, I have to think about it. Maybe it will come to me in this podcast. But, anyway. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. If you haven't checked out the website, do yourself a favor and do that. And if you haven't put a set of Fly Racing gear on your body, do yourself a favor and do it. It took me a little bit to go fly, right? Let's admit it. Fly Racing, when they first started, eh, wasn't about it. It gradually got better. And now look at them. The... Probably one of the best sets of gear that I have put on my body. Light hydrogen. I just keep talking about it. If you haven't tried it, you know, do yourself a favor. Go put some on and thank me later. And while you're at it, if you guys are out the track wearing your fly gear, tag me at kkeefer120. I want to see what you guys are looking like. That helps me to know that a little piece of this podcast is inside of you. And I love that. I love it. Go check them out, flyracing.com. They have more than just gear, people. They have hard parts. They have casual wear. Even though it's 106 degrees, they have snowmobile stuff. Okay, BMX. When I go to the BMX track with Aiden, there's a lot of fly stuff. So it's got to be good, right? It's got to be good because a lot of people are wearing it. Racetech. Racetech.com. Engine services. I said that first because we know that they do suspension. They do it good. And we're going to talk about red bikes in this podcast, so we know they do that good as well. I have a set of A kit that they did on. They did perform so good. Like when I hit some bumps, the bump absorption of the Race Tech bump sticks are awesome. Um, if you haven't read that article, it's up on my site, keyforinktesting.com. But their guys are good. Rob is one of the smartest suspension technicians that I know. I know about three of them. That's about it. <laughs> As many as there are, I know three solid suspension guys, and Rob is one of those guys. So trust those dudes over there at Race Tech. They're good human beings. They do great work. It's not Shizer work that you see at some of these other shops that we'll not mention because we're going to keep it chill today. But go check them out. They are good. They are very nice. And the reasonable pricing. So go check them out, racetech.com. Thank you. Of course, Pro Taper. The bar choice for me and the guys here over at keyforingtesting.com. I love it. 
I am a SX Race Evo, mostly Evo, but I have gone to Fusion if you guys are on the crossbar life. But nonetheless, you want some extra dampening on your bike. You want a little bit more flex. You want a better feel. ProTaper.com. Check them out. Thank you, Paul. Thank you guys over there for making a good bar. Love it. All right. You guys love that mashup podcast we did last week. So we're going to do it again. Maybe not as much, but we're going to split it with the 2020 Honda CRF lineup. We're going to talk about the changes that Honda made. Going to give you some quotes from the Honda R&D. What, what's his actual title? Ryan Dudek is the Honda R&D engineer technician. He's the guy that, he's basically kind of like the Travis Preston at Honda. That's what he is. And we, we talked with him, and we got some quotes. We talked about the new bikes. I got his impression. So we're going to talk about the 2020 CRF 250 450R. And, of course, what you saw on keyforingtesting.com, the Fox V3 helmet. Fox reintroduced the V3 in 2019 with some major updates, including some new helmet safety technology called FI, a.k.a. Fluid Inside. We're going to talk about that, how it works, how it fits, how it feels. We're going to go over the whole helmet with you, and that way you guys can decide if you want to purchase that or not. But nonetheless, we're here to give you the straight scoop on everything, dirt bikes, parts, gear, whatever it is, I'm a big fan of everything two wheels. So if you have a buddy that's interested or maybe hasn't listened to a podcast yet, grab his phone from him, hit the podcast tab, subscribe to this channel, and make his day. Trust me. If he's buying parts, he's buying bikes, he'll want to listen to this podcast. It's fun. It's informative. It's straight up. You're really not going to find that kind of media outlet out there today. So um, again, as always, I always talk to you guys about being transparent. Email me. You guys do do that. Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Please don't ask me 17 of the same questions. Try to get your questions in a concise manner. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your bike. Still getting these emails with these, hey, bro, what's the suspension setting on a 2016 YZ450? I don't know nothing about you. Tell me about yourself. How much do you weigh? How long your Johnson is? Well, not that, but you know what I'm saying. Ha, ha, ha. Get, you get the point. All right? Tell me a little bit about yourself, your height, your weight, your riding ability. This is what I need, okay? So I'm here to help you guys, but I need the information to help you. You're going to give me a half-ass question. I'm probably going to send you a half-ass answer. Half-ass answer. So just know that. <laughs> uh, I had one other day. It was, it was awesome. I think one time on, these, on this podcast, I'm going to read you some of these emails that I get, and you guys are going to love it. It's, it's classic. Heather comes home, and I read it to her, and she's like, what is that guy even talking about? And I go, I don't know. So chances are, if you're one of those guys listening to this podcast and you haven't got a, an answer or an email back for me, hmm, chances are you're one of those dudes. So just FYI. All right, guys, new season is here. We call that bike season. It's only June, but every year. I feel like we have a new bike for six months, and then we got the next year models coming out already. It's crazy. KTM's usually the first one to do it. And they are asking, actually, Husqvarna and KTM will be getting us their bikes. Let's say today's June 11th. June 20th, 
I'll be doing the Husqvarna's, and hopefully the next week we'll be on the KTM's. And then I'm headed to Colorado for a couple weeks to train, to ride, to test. We're going to test some of these products and bikes up in high altitude at different tracks, different terrain. I'm just going to escape the Southern California heat a little bit, just kind of unplug-ish. It'll be a working vacation, but nonetheless, we're going to still keep grind and still keep testing. And uh, we're going to keep pumping out these podcasts. And you might even see some special episode podcasts that we'll be doing this year, too. So kind of lining that up with some different manufacturers. Should be exciting for you guys out there. And here we go. Honda 2020. Not much has changed on the 450. But let's take a step back for a moment, shall we? Let's talk about the 2019 Yamaha 450, right? The YZ450. There wasn't that many changes to that bike as well, right? From the 18 to the 19. But the feeling on the track changed huge. Okay, so now you have this 2019-2020 Honda. Not a lot has changed. So what exactly did those guys do over there? ECU changes. And I'm going to explain to ECU settings. I did this Yamaha podcast last week. When you see some text on, you know, you go to powersports.honda.com, wherever you go, and you say, hey, ECU changes, big deal, oh, whatever. Trust me, on these new four-strokes guys, girls, probably more guys, but ECU changes make a huge difference on the bike. What can it do? Obviously, it's going to change the engine character. We know that, right? But it also can make a bike handle a hell of a lot better. Off throttle, on throttle, you can change the ECU setting to have less engine braking, less pitching, uh, more engine braking. Whatever which way it is, an ECU change can really be good. It seems very, very minuscule on paper, but those ECU changes can make a huge difference in a bike. Now, they did make those changes. So I talked to Ryan Dudak. Again, he is the... Honda R&D guy over there. He's the engineer technician. He rides all the new bikes. And I just, you know, simply made a phone call to him and we rapped about the new bikes. Of course, he is a Honda employee. He's not going to tell me anything negative, right? But I can pick his brain, kind of tell kind of tell me, which then I can relay to you guys out there what the changes that they did to make it better. So what Ryan explained to me was they tr- really tried to get some more rear wheel connection. That was important with the Honda. Now, for me, I can concur. This is something I really looked for when I was racing those two rounds of motocross. I asked Chad, and even though we had a Vortex in the bike, I asked Chad, I want some more connection. With the stock ECU, it has gotten better from 17. 17 was super herky-jerky, was on-off feeling the corners. 18 was a little better, still was herky-jerky. 19 was a little better. For me, I still wanted more, uh, just a smoother delivery from 0 to 15% throttle, that initial crack. Why? I want that because if you guys have a Honda and you're listening to this and you're on a stock ECU, you haven't did anything, you're in map 1, 2, or 3, or whatever, You're going to roll your corner, right? You're going to set up your entrance to your corner, and that bike, as soon as you get on a little bit, it it transfers the weight to the rear wheel, which then can make the rear wheel kind of squat, or the the rear end of the bike kind of squat, and then have that rear end wiggle. Or 
you can start your interest in your corner, get on the throttle, and it upset the chassis, so then you lit off a little bit and you get back on, and all that's doing is giving you a whole bunch of pitching motion through the corner, which we call in the testing world cornering stability. You need cornering stability to have a nice exit in a corner. These are all the things I think about when I was racing, when I was telling, telling you guys in the podcast I should just turn my brain off and pin it. Dude, I was thinking about that so much when I was racing because even though Chad made the bike really smooth for me, it still had so much power that I still was getting a little bit of uh, pitching and chassis instability through corners. I wanted to smooth a roll on, a.k.a. like a KTM. Very tough to do. So what Ryan told me from Honda is they really focused in on getting uh, a less pitchy feeling motorcycle from on off throttle or off to on throttle. They really wanted to try to keep that um, chassis flat, similar to what we talked about last week in the Yamaha podcast, where Yamaha is trying to do the same thing. Every manufacturer that you talk to, when I go to these intros, are saying the same thing. We need more rear wheel connection. Look, it's an old trick. <laughs> I've been doing it for years testing. This is something that's not. Not new to me. Maybe it's new to you guys listening to this podcast. But as we got quicker, as our motors got faster with these big 450s, everyone thinks, oh, man, a 450 is just huge power. Yes, it has a lot of power, but you need usable power. Flashback to an 03 Yamaha. Dude, that thing was gnarly. You put a a freaking flywheel on, on it to try to tone it down, to mellow it out. And all that did is transfer that hit somewhere else, and it was just a nightmare. So now we have FI, we have all these capabilities to make these bikes better and easier to ride. I'm 170 pounds right now. When I get on a 450, I don't feel like it's too much bike to ride because if I have the right ECU setting, a.k.a. for you guys, MAP2 on the Honda... Look, the stock 2019 Honda 450 is fast, people. It's probably has the, it's the fastest out of all the 450s. It's simply like a race motor. It's gnarly. If there is something ready to race, it's the Honda engine. It's not the KTM engine. It's the Honda engine. That thing flat out rips. But it's too much at times, especially, especially when you're tired. So... You guys have a, a 19 CRF450R. Don't be shy to use Map 2, dude. Map 2 is smooth and it's good. You may not get that excitement, but I'm telling you guys, you will have a lap time so much better with Map 2. So just try that. So ECU changes what I'm getting at here. We're kind of long-winded, but it makes a difference. So Honda went to work on these ECU changes, made a different Map 1, Map 2, and Map 3. And they also did HSTC. What is that? Honda Selectable Torque Control. There's three different maps, similar to TC on a KTM. Well, now you have three different choices with this Honda, okay? It, it's, a, it's a lot for us consumers to think about. But, again, if you learn how to use it, you take your time, read your owner's manual. Hello? Trust me, owner's manual is the Bible for your bike. That's what you should study. Instead of clicking on the computer and and going on these forums, you know, get off your damn laptop or your phone and go read your owner's manual and learn more about your bike. It's kind of like your wife. Ask her questions. You learn more about her. Same shit with the bike. 
Go to your owner, owner's manual and learn some shit about your dirt bike. It's that simple. So don't be scared of having a lot of choices in your handlebar cluster, okay? You still have map one, two, and three, and then you have this Honda selectable tr- uh, torque control that's going to help you guys for whatever track or terrain you guys ride in. I've experienced some of this, okay? It does work. It works really good. So just try it. Give yourself a chance. Read about it. Obviously, I can't tell you how to push the button or how to make it work because I haven't ridden the bike yet. And uh, once we do that, which I think will be in July, we can uh, discuss that and how to work it and, and go over the whole procedure and give you a breakdown of each HSTC map. So you got three regular maps, and then you got three HSTC maps, okay? So something cool, something different from Honda. They're working to try to make it easier for you to ride their bike. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so what about suspension settings? Okay, big deal, Kiefer. They updated their suspension. Again, could be really good. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying it could be. I've, I've experienced some models. Oh, we changed the valving. New and improved valving. Well, no, it's worse. It, it sucks. So there's a chance that it could be really good if they're trying to get some more comfort, which Ryan confirmed that that, that was the goal for this bike, is to improve bump absorption, to get better holdup in the fork, a.k.a. less pitching, and for, for me, just that initial bump impact needs to be improved on the Honda. That's what they're working with with Showa. Showa's trying to help Honda come together. Both of those guys are coming together and trying to get a more comfortable ride for you guys out there. No, the frame hasn't changed. The swing arm hasn't changed on the 450. So, of course, the chassis, for me, I still think the chassis is stiff. But maybe you can band-aid some of that with a really good suspension setting. Now, people say, oh, I go soft with my, my fork and shock because the chassis is so stiff. Is that better? No, that is not better because now you're getting so low on the stroke, all that energy has to go somewhere when you hit a bump fast and it goes up through your chassis and then it unloads and it gives you some weird feeling that you're not comfortable with and it's not consistent. Possibly going stiffer on a fork could help this bike. I've noticed that with my race bike. I had a stiffer fork. It actually helped bump impact and bump absorption. You want to know the best thing about Honda? You want to know the best thing about these new 2020s? If they kept the Dunlop MX3S tires, hella freaking luya. A lot of these other manufacturers for 2020, not saying all of them, I know a couple, they went to MX33. Now look, I like Dunlop tires. I like them a lot. I like them so much, I went and bought MX3S tires at RockyMountainATVMC.com when they had them. They don't have them anymore. Why? Because I bought them all. Okay, look, I'm fine with the MX-33 rear. Not, not a big deal, pretty good. Carcass is stiffer. But Honda kept the MX-3S tires, both front and rear. And when I ride MX-3S, MX-33 back-to-back, the difference, the first thing that I noticed right away, boom, bump impact, so much better. The carcass is softer on the 3S, and it just feels less harsh. So think God, Honda kept MX3S tires. Yes, you will have to run a little bit higher pressure to get that lean. Travis Preston and I had this argument about MX3S versus MX33. He says he likes the MX33 front. I told him he was on crack. 
And he said, I could push harder into corners and lean, and the, and the front tire wouldn't give. And I go, well, that's kind of bullshit because that front tire is just going to wash out and just, just push. With a 3S, I can run a little bit higher pressure and actually have some lean angle bite on the front tire. So I'm glad Honda stuck with the MX3S. Uh, battery, 28 millimeters lower inside of the airbox on the 450. Maybe not a big deal on paper. 28 millimeters is actually a lot for a dirt bike move. Okay, when we talk millimeters in the normal world, it's like whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, millimeters in the dirt bike world is a big deal. So you're going 28 millimeters lower. You're lowering the weight, center of gravity, CG feel on the bike. So the side-to-side -side movement should be better no matter what. I haven't even got a chance to get my media testing bike yet, but that 28 millimeter lower battery should help um, CG feel and side-to-side, -side, flickability and all that. So those are the only changes, $93.99 for the 450. The, the RWE is 12G, and of course they have a new headpipe. Yoshimura has a brand new titanium headpipe on that thing, so you get a full system, not just a slip-on anymore. Again, ECU settings are proprietary, did I say that right? Proprietary to the RWE. So those ECU 1, 2, 3 maps are their own for the RWE. Why? Because of the hand-ported cylinder head. That's why. So I thought that was kind of cool that Honda recognizes that and does that. Uh, the valving, from what I've heard from Ryan, is the same as the standard model, okay? So even though they have the coatings and all that, the valving internally is the same. That doesn't mean it's going to feel the same, okay? You can see some of these shootouts that they had, you know, I think Swap Moto Live had a factory edition shootout, and a lot of, and actually the Honda won surprisingly enough. So that shows you with a little bit of suspension work, it can make the whole, the bike as a whole react better on the track. So um, has a gold RK chain, has a seat cover, different graphics. Um, so you're looking at twelve thousand dollars for the RWE and ninety three ninety nine for that. Sorry, that was my computer. Um, for the standard edition. So not a lot of changes for the 450, but the changes that they did make could make this bike a lot better. Just a quick story before I move on to the 250. I, now that I've been off of my Honda for a little bit, it's been a couple weeks off since I was racing it, and I spent a good solid two months on a Honda 450 just pounding motos, pounding motos, pounding motos. Of course, I had good suspension. I had a kit on at one time. Now that I've gone back to other bikes and I've ridden other bikes, I appreciate a Honda a little bit more. There's a lot of things Honda does really good. And I think, man, when I'm riding the bike, I'm like, God, this thing feels harsh. The bump absorption is not that great. But when I get on other bikes, it's, it's not that much different feeling. Yes, it is a little bit of a softer feel hitting some bumps. But the engine is so dang good once you kind of smooth it out that it's so easy to ride and makes it so fun to ride. So I really miss the engine, and I miss the things that I can charge into and, and just flat land with that suspension. So for me, if they do make this 450 better with those ECU settings, it could really actually you know propel this thing up in the shootout. So we'll see how it does. Okay, now moving on to the 250. 
Now the 250 has some pretty significant changes to it, okay? So now we're looking at the 250 frame is just like the CRF 450 frame, same, same, 2019, 2020 frame. So now we're back on 450, 250 sharing the frames. According to Ryan Dudak, it helps with the lighter feeling bike. Side to side movement is improved. And actually what coming from his mouth, he said bump absorption has improved as well. Now, for me, I didn't have a huge issue with Honda CRF 250R bump absorption or a rigidity problem as much as I did with the 450. So hopefully, um, when Honda went to this frame, um, that's true, and bump impact didn't go up. So um, once we ride this thing, which I, again, hopefully will be in July, we will kind of confirm with that. The cam profiles are different. Piston is different. All to, in to increase, of course, we all know what I want to say. This bike needs torque, right? That thing revs to 14,000 RPM. It hauls ass up on top. But simply, it's just difficult to ride to get to that point. That's what I always notice about this Honda. Race Tech's about wrapped up with my CRF 250R, which we will be doing. It's a modified project. Can't wait to ride that because according to the dyno numbers, and you guys know me, I'm not a big dyno guy. The dyno says the torque has been increased a lot. I love it. Give me some more meat out of that Honda. So 2020, that was their goal, to get some more torque and to get some more mid-RPM and just spread out that power and really get you guys down to it once you get out of a corner. That's what this Honda needs. You know what else the Honda needed? Bigger radiators, and they got them for 2020. Some of you guys email me and say, Kiefer, I have a cooling problem. My CRF-250 is overheating. What's going on? Have you heard anything? I haven't. I, okay, let me, let me put this. I want to put this here. I haven't personally had overheating problems with my test bikes here. Now, have I seen others do that? Yes. Lots of them. I've seen lots of them puke in. Um, overheating a little bit. I've gotten emails saying, hey, man, my radiator's down in the coils. I only rode one moto. So I get it. I understand. So Honda came in with bigger radiators to help the cooling issue. Of course, if you're increasing horsepower, you're going to get hotter and you want to cool down more. So that's what they're doing. The air cleaner surface area and volume. Uh, basically, the Honda air cleaner element, the surface area and the volume is bigger. You're going to draw some more air in, which will get you some more horsepower. Suspension settings have new settings in them. Again, a little bit more holdup in the fork, less pitching. They want to keep that whole unit flat. The, muff the muffler length has changed, which to me, they didn't give me the numbers. I would assume that the muffler length has increased a little bit if they're looking to get some more bottom, in uh, bottom to mid-range. So hopefully uh, that is the case. And again, like I said, it revs out to 14,000 RPM. But that is a lot of changes on this 250. Going from a frame, a lot of internal parts have been changed. I'm excited to ride this bike. If there is a bike that handles, to me, that handles the best, it was the Honda. In the shootout that we had for the 2019 Kiefer Inc. testing shootout, everyone raved about how great the thing handled. Man, they can cut down in a rut. They uh, can hit bumps really fast in a straight line just the overall handling and the chassis of the bike was really good 
So in 2020, on paper, it looks like it got some more meat, some more power. Hopefully that's true, and we'll see that when we ride it um, back-to-back with the 19. Again, I have had a lot of time on Hondas. Um, I have done some testing with Honda and done some things with them. I know the testing procedures, so uh, I know how well their R&D department runs. It's very good, very thorough. The Japanese engineers over at Honda are hardworking guys, man. It's If you guys have never been around Japanese um, culture or Japanese workers in general, man, they're just gnarly dudes. They work their asses off, and they will work from sun up to sundown, no questions asked. They'll eat at the truck. No bitching, no complaining. They're just happy people. It's always a pleasure for me to be around those guys and work with them, and it's just fun. I like to learn something new about a new culture, and uh, they're very, very smart people. They produce such good dirt bikes over the years, so uh, it's awesome for me to learn from those guys. So if you haven't been around them, and if you do get a chance and you do see them and you're at a race or something and you happen to see a Japanese engineer, you know, Stick out your hand, shake shake their hand, and tell them thank you for the work that they do, man. Because, honestly, the the work they put in to each and every bike that we ride over here is uh, is pretty amazing. It puts a smile on your face, my face. And if it wasn't for those kind of guys, we wouldn't have such great motorcycles to ride. So um, kudos to the guys over there. And hopefully the changes that they made um, have improvements and can see a better basically a better Honda for us to ride in 2020. So I'm excited for this. Again, I've been itching to ride my Honda 450 again. Uh, basically, I had to turn my test bike in and get ready for the 2020. But nonetheless, we'll be doing a lot of Honda testing, just like all the other bikes. But basically, I really am looking forward, plain and simple, to just to ride the new bike and see how it is. Because for me, it's one of the few bikes that puts a smile on my face. Um, there's a lot of great bikes in 2020, honestly. Not a lot has changed. We don't know about the Kawasaki yet, but the changes that Yamaha made, some of these key changes that Honda made, I know KTM and Husqvarna haven't changed that much. Kawasaki is going to be changing. I'm sure updating some of their settings, but should be an interesting year um, for a lot of these 450 manufacturers and 250, honestly. Um, we're supposed to have a semi-new KX250, this new, basically, a lot has changed on this Honda. So, man, it's going to be exciting time for shootouts, exciting time for you guys to decide what you guys want to buy. Also, I post this stuff on my on my my website, too. If you guys are looking for a brand-new bike and are in the market for one, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Power Motorsports in Oregon works with me to get my listeners, my readers, the best deal possible. So, if you guys are interested in a new bike, hit me up. I will get you a contact over at Power Motorsports and get you in the right direction. So um, that's it for the Honda 2020 um, review. Basically, uh, we will know everything in about one month's time. So hold tight. Can't wait. What they say? No wing, no prayer. Yes, it's commercial time. Hang tight. Listen to these commercials. Get some discount codes. Save yourself some money so you can go out to dinner tonight with your family. Thank you. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They're on board with the KieferInkTesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. 
Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR-1. I've had a couple in my ATR-2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR-2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keferinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. Founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, bludlubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. So a little known fact, 
I started racing desert when I was nine years old until I was 16. I really didn't get into moto till after 16 years old because my family would go camp in the desert and my dad rode hare and hounds. Out here in the West Coast, there was a club called District 37, and that's what we did. We went camping on the weekends. Uh, my parents build bonfires. They would drink, and my dad would go race, and I would ride around the camp and make a little track, right? Well, fast forward till now, 2019, you can go to nationalhairandhound.com. They have classes for your son, your daughter, mom, and dad. It's not just dad. It's really cool. It's ran very well. The kids race the day before. Dad and mom can go race the next day and just have a family fun-filled weekend racing dirt bikes. There's nothing better. Go to nationalhairandhound.com. Check out their schedule. They go to California, Texas, Nevada, Idaho, all over the place. Go check them out. If you have any questions about this series, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'm happy to answer them for you. And maybe get you a discount code on your next entry fee. Very cool. Again, maybe I will see you out at one of these suckers. I feel like I need to go race again. And I want to go relive my youth through nationalhairandhound.com. Go check them out. The one thing that bums me out about racing moto is waiting around all day just to do two or four motos. I don't want to be sitting at the track all day and have three hours in between my motos. Well, you know what? Old Timers Association has been around a long time, and the guys from Oregon Old Timers have come on board with this podcast and want me to talk to you about their series. Very cool series. I've raced them before. They have 20-minute motos, long motos. Usually, you're done by 3 o'clock. You're in and out. You get to race, go home, finish your chores, spend time with your family, go do stuff with your wife, whatever it is. It's a fun, family-filled environment there. They have races all over. It's not just in Oregon. They have races in California, Glen Helen, Montana, Richland, Washington. They go to Hangtown. They go to Washington again in Washougal, which is very cool. And, of course, they go to British Columbia, Boise, Idaho, even Edmonton, Canada, and Fernley, Nevada. You can check out the series at OregonOldTimers.com, and you will even see me at a couple rounds this year. So check them out. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high-compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at vertexpistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. Vertexpistons.com. You want quality American-made exhaust? Go to fmfracing.com and check all of their exhaust out. And even get some swag. Shirts, hoodies, hats. You got to look cool. You know you got a sticker over your Ford emblem. Come on now. FMF over that Ford emblem. Hit Kiefer-19 and save yourself some dough on some swag over at fmfracing.com. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for being that loyal listener that just went through all of these commercials. I love you. Thank you. Now we're back for part two. All right, guys, we're back here. little part two action for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the Fox V3 helmet, 2019 edition. Fox has been in the helmet game for quite some time, but they just reintroduced their new and improved updated V3 helmet. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's been on all the the Geico guys lately. I know Chad Reed was wearing it for a little bit, and uh, it definitely looks, for me, it looks a lot better than the old V3. Just going off, we'll just take care of the looks right off the bat, because you know I'm metrosexual and I'm all about looks, at least for motocross. <laughs> uh, to me, aesthetically, it looks better. It looks more racy. Definitely has a lot more ventilation holes. Uh, the front chin bar area of the old helmet was kind of plain, didn't ventilate a lot. It wasn't, uh, it actually didn't feel the lightest. It wasn't like the lightest feeling helmet. It almost felt like it was bulky on top of my head and then kind of narrowed down in the chin bar area. So, wasn't a huge fan of the old V3. I'm way bigger up on the new V3 than I am in the old. So, but they do have a lot of new technology. Coming to this new V3, they have a new safety technology called FI, which is fluid inside. Uh, there are seven pods around the inside of the helmet that are filled with a food-grade mineral oil that is supposed to mimic the same type of fluid that we have inside of our, our skull, like cerebral spinal fluid. Crazy. Um, Fox claims that the with this system, the head is decoupled from the helmet, allowing the pods those little tiny blue things that you see inside the helmet to squish and deform on their own. That way it absorbs rotational and linear energy. That's what its purpose is. Uh, the magnetic visor release system, what they call the MVRS, has been redesigned. Of course, you guys have heard me doing a little jab-jab every now and again about no visor geyser because every time geyser crashes, which is a lot, he loses his visor, and the dude is just running like a rabbit, a rabbit. Um, on the track with no visor, looking like a bullet head. So it's not the most flattering look for Geyser or Fox, personally, when you see a visor blowing off that easy when it's not that hard of a crash. So they redesigned that. So although it now will still break away, which if you look, the reasons why, it's it's cool because uh, your visor acts like a scoop when you crash and it could actually hurt you more by having the visor stay on versus fly off magnetically. Um, so there is a purpose to it, but now it has a little bit more strength, okay? Um, I want to say it has like a dedicated channel rather than just floating a round section on the helmet. So now it has a dedicated channel on its own. I have tried this. I've tried to rip it off. It's a little bit tougher. I did a side-by-side -side comparison with the old V3, and it is. it takes a little bit more effort to get that new V3 visor off. So obviously they uh, have done a lot to the inside of the helmet. And when you put it on, you will notice it. So getting right to it, for me, I, I, how I did it, I'll give, you, I'll give you the criteria of how I did this, okay? I went out several days. I had a bunch of testing days. And I took the old V3 and I took the new V3 with me. And I do a moto on the old, I do a moto on the new, and back and forth. And basically, I go back and forth each day two to three times. So 
I really got to pick it apart between the old one and the new one. So let's just start by putting the helmet on. Wait, no, let's start by just lightweight feeling. I weighed these two helmets side by sides on my scales here in the shop. It's The scales say they weigh the same. But to me, the the new version is has a lighter overall feel to it. We talk about this with dirt bikes a lot on paper. It'll say, hey, 248 pounds, or hey, the new bike hasn't lost any weight, or maybe it just lost one pound, but it feels a lot lighter. That's kind of what this, this new V3 feels like. I put it on, and the way the weight is dispersed over the helmet, it feels lighter on my head. So that is good. I felt like the old V3 was kind of top heavy on my on top of my head, and this one doesn't feel that way. And it doesn't feel as large as the old one did. Now, putting it on is where I struggled a little bit. I noticed that the material inside is not as plush as the old one. I will tell you a little bit of backstory about this. And if you read this story on keyforinktesting.com, I, I walk you through this as well. But the old V3 liner cheek pad area had more plushness to it initially. And as I washed them and sweated in it, it got coarser over time. Now, this new V3 is the opposite way, which is super weird. Like, putting it on, for one, it's tighter feeling. I'm a medium helmet, and it just feels tighter going over my head. Once my head is inside of the helmet, it's not so bad. It's not as comfortable inside as the old one is, but... To me, most of that came with the feeling of the material of the liner and the cheek pads. So what I did after a day of riding it all day, you know, I was like, oh, man, it's kind of coarse. It doesn't feel that great. I washed my liner. Yes, you can wash them in the washing machine. I've done it. I have done it with this. But for the first time, I just went in the sink and some soap and washed it by hand, let it air dry, put it back into my shell, and then wore it the next day. To me... The liner improves the feeling of it against my cheeks and in my on my on my head. The liner improves a little bit as I I wash it and sweat in it. What's weird? It's super weird. And then as the the liner dries on its own, sometimes I stick my helmet upside down after I'm done doing a moto and let it dry in the sun. It doesn't get all crusty and coarse and harsh. That part of the new material is better than the old one where. If you sweat it in it, turn it upside down, let it dry, it kind of had that nasty, coarse feel to it. And I didn't like that. So the new helmet, initially, if you guys put it on, you'll be like, ah, I don't, it doesn't feel very good. It's kind of coarse against my cheeks. It's, you know, the liner kind of feels like really harsh. It does improve. Helmets do break in just like boots do. Um, sometimes the material doesn't feel any better. But in this case, the material does feel better, which is kind of random for me, but it was worth noting for you guys out there that are going to go put one on in, in a shop. If you have that opportunity, go put one in the shop and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about when you put it on. It's kind of, it's uh, it's just a little harsher feeling than the old V3. And if you guys are able to do that and you have an old V3 there and a new V3, put them on back to back. See what you think. And maybe that will kind of, you know, concur what I'm saying here. Um... Again, I, I told you about the fit. Taking the helmet on and off is the worst part for me. So the new V3 fits a little tighter around my ears. So I really have to spread apart the strap, the helmet straps, to get that thing over my ears because it, it hurts, man. 
taking a helmet off five, six times a day, it'll, it'll leave a, a red mark on your ears if you just kind of take it off. So I know some of you guys listening is this sounds really lame because we already know this, but some, for some of my new listeners, some of my new riders out there that do listen to this, spread apart those helmet straps really far and then lift as you're spreading apart. That helps and saves your ears from getting all jacked up and red and chafed. But, uh, man, it does feel a little bit tighter in that area with the new V3. So that fitment is a little bit different than the old V3. So I've heard, and, and I didn't get this from Fox, but I have heard that they changed um, the manufacturers that, that either, A, build the shell or the liner. So it's a little bit different. It's not the same company. So maybe that is one of the reasons. I have no idea, but it's just worth noting. So that was just something small and minute, but taking the helmet on and off is something that we do, and you want some comfort there. And to me, that comfort's down a little bit from the old V3, um, getting that helmet over your ears. And so what about the ventilation? That was one of the huge things with me and the old V3. It didn't ventilate very well. This new one ventilates a lot better. So much better. To me, here's the thing. You want a helmet. It's not going to be an air conditioning for your for your head, right? It's not going to be totally badass. And I, Dude, my head's freezing because I have so much ventilation on my helmet. Very rare are you going to get a helmet. I think I've tried one helmet over my lifetime, which was an Arrow when I was at Dirt Rider, that had gnarly ventilation. And it's something that I wouldn't want to wear in the wintertime. The old V3 had 14 intake ports and four exhaust ports. Now, the new V3 has 12 intake ports and three exhaust ports. So on paper, it looks like it's less, right? But when riding, those new vents are so much more... They create so much more air through my helmet that it feels like a damn air conditioning because it's so much better than... The older helmet. Um, is it the most ventilated helmet that I've tried to date? So far, yes, it is. So that is very, very high up for me on marks when it comes to ventilation. And in the desert, when I ride, that's one of the key things that, that gets me hot, man. I, I don't sweat a lot, okay? I sweat a lot in my feet. And my head doesn't sweat that much. But when I do sweat... I'm working really hard. Like, I have to work really, really hard to sweat. But when I do, man, this helmet really makes it feel a lot cooler inside than the older one. Again, the older one was super hot, and this new one's a little bit better. So that is better. Uh, looking towards the visor of the, you know, the visor's a little longer than last year's visor. It looks better. I complain a lot about this, about other helmets that do not have visor adjustments it's basically a set visor. Fox is a set visor, you know, because it has a magnetic system. It's placed awesome. It's placed in the right spot. Uh, so that's key for me for looks. You don't have a visor that's sticking up or too far down. You have a visor that's right in the middle. It looks good when you're on the bike. And more importantly, I've crashed a couple times in this helmet. Not bad, but spills that I have taken in corners previously in a V3 and my visor has either A, got unlatched or completely removed. This one didn't do that. I kind of felt up after I took a digger. Basically, if you can think of a low side or a washout in a corner with your face kind of dragging the dirt for a little bit, that's what I did. Um, slippery conditions, and the visor remains in place. So that's a plus. I do like that. Um, we talked about the weight. Again, 
If you go to keferinktesting.com, you will read about the weight and how a lot of these guys that ride off-road really like a lightweight helmet. I get emails sent to me all the time saying, Chris, what's the weight of this helmet or that helmet? I ride five, six hours a day, and I don't want something heavy on my head. Again, you will not think this helmet is that heavy when you're riding with it. If you looked on paper and we had all these numbers laid out for you, okay, the Fox probably wouldn't be the lightest helmet out there, but it doesn't feel heavy. I can guarantee you guys that right now. It does not feel heavy. Um, I also thought it was cool, and for me here on this podcast, I'm straight up, I'm transparent. If something's really good and I like to either A, read something or view it on YouTube, I thought it was cool that Don Maida and Swap Moto Live, he actually crashed in this helmet and knocked himself out at the intro and if you go over to his website swapmotolive.com him and mark finley talk about that incident how the helmet held up the purpose of it and how he really didn't get a concussion he might have uh got knocked out i guess but he uh wasn't completely um out of it, I guess. He kind of knew where he was. He didn't really, uh, didn't seem to be that bad off. So to me, the helmet does its job. And I really want to reiterate, no matter what technology you believe in, and we talked about this in other podcasts, to me, helmet technology is like a religion. You have all these different religions out there. Everyone thinks theirs is the right way. You should be a Christian, Mormon, um, Jehovah Witness, whatever it is, you know, Ours is the correct way. Helmet technology is a little bit like that as well, like ours is best, da 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 You have to go, basically what it boils down to is you have to go to a helmet technology that you trust and believe in the most. That's what I do. I like a certain technology. I believe in it. And it could be more than one. It doesn't have to be, you have to be locked into one and this is who I am. This is my technology. I believe in it. There's a lot of great technology out there that I like and I've crashed in and I've been okay. That's not to say that all this new technology is going to prevent you guys from getting concussion. I hate hearing guys saying, oh, but I got a concussion in that helmet. Well, dude, if you hit hard enough, it doesn't matter what the hell you're in. Your head's going to be concussed, dude. I just feel like a helmet does something up to... A certain point, and then after that, we're getting what we're getting from our crash, okay? You want to be protected the best you can be, and we're only, as consumers, we're going to benefit from all this new technology that's coming out. So this new FI technology, with everything else that's coming out, it's only going to better these helmets and protect our noggins much better. Because us motocrossers, we're not bright dudes. We're dumbasses, right? We love dirt bikes. We'll twist a throttle. But I would say most of us aren't the brightest, you know, sharpest tools in the toolbox. Like, I'm a pretty smart dude street-wise, but, you know, book smart, I'm not. I'm not that book smart of a guy. But I think most of us that ride dirt bikes are street smart. We're, we're kind of the same people. And just know that, you don't have to believe in one technology. Find something that you like, you read about, study, put it on, wear the helmet, see if you like it, and go from there. I'm going to give you guys the details that I think you need 
um, that I've felt. Uh, chances are, have I crashed in every single one of these helmets? No. But at least I can tell you about the technology and you guys can study up on it. And if you guys don't go to keyforinktesting.com and you go somewhere else, that's fine. Do as much studying as you can. Compare my notes to someone else's, to whatever it is that you need. And, of course, if you have questions about this helmet, you know my email, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll give you the facts that I give you here. If you email me, my answers aren't going to be any different. It's not like I'm not going to tell you something on this podcast and then tell you something different over an email. I get a lot of emails saying, oh, Chris, what do you really think about that? Well, this is what I really think. This is my platform to tell you guys no bullshit my opinion on what I feel a bike, helmet, gear, boots, a part, whatever it is, I'll tell you straight up here. So make sure that helmet fits you right as well. You know, I see these kids wearing helmets at the track and they're loose. Hey, helmet's got to be snug, it's got to fit right in order for it to work. So just be ready for that. Last but certainly not, certainly not least, 500 bucks for this new V3. For a premium helmet, that's a damn good price. So you see a lot of helmets that are six, seven hundred bucks and very expensive. I get a lot of emails about, hey, I don't know if I want to spend the money on my head. Look, it's your head. I'm not saying every six hundred dollar helmet is the best and everyone needs a six hundred dollar helmet, but there's a lot of extra technology involved when you go up in price point in helmets. So having a premium helmet for $500 is pretty damn good. So you guys can go over there, over there to foxracing.com and check out the helmets as well as rockymountainatvmc.com if you want to order one. But to me, there's some things that could be addressed with the new Fox V3. Some things are better. A couple of things are sideways move, but overall the fit is a little bit different than the V3, a little bit tighter for me. The inside of the padding and the material of the the cheek pads and the liner is a little bit harsher feeling, but like I said, it will it will get better over time once you sweat and wash it. It will get a little bit softer, so just know that. And of course, for me, the looks is better. Um, I didn't mention the eye port. Um, last V3 that I wore, which was the old version... The eye port is super big, and it lets a lot of roost inside. It was abnormally big. I stick I stick a wide peripheral Oakley air brake inside of that old Fox V3, and just like, man, it no problem. It goes right on my face. It seals well. It just seems like there's excess room that shouldn't be there. Well, the new V3, I don't know the dimensions and the, and the numbers behind it, but the eye port feels smaller in a good way where – my goggles still seal really good, but there's less room for dirt to get into my face and the roost. So I do like that the eye port shape is a little different, and I'm not getting blasted with a bunch of roost inside of my helmet from the old V3. So um, you can go check out the new Fox Racing stuff, see what you think. I like having loud designs. I think the Zebra design is bitchin'. I come from the 90s era as far as watching those top professionals. Like Damon Bradshaw, I think that's awesome, man. I love zebra print, and uh, I wore this helmet with the zebra print gear. The whole thing looks bitchin' once you wear it. I didn't think I was going to be a fan of it when I saw it online, but then I had it here in my hand. I put it on, and even my kid, he was like, oh, that thing's cool. That, that's pretty badass. I wonder if I can get some of that. And I go, nope, can't get it. 
not in your size. Sorry. But anyway, if you're older, I talked about this as well, man. If you're older, dude, rock some some cool stuff like that. I have a buddy. He's like almost 50. He's like, oh, I can't wear that. I'm too old. Dude, you're not too old. I think it looks bitching. You know, Fox makes good stuff. Uh, the helmet is quality. You know, so why not go loud and look cool on the track? If you can't ride fast, who gives a shit, man? Look bitching. Do what you want to do. Don't worry about if you're too old or not. So... I have the zebra helmet. It looks badass. I'm 42. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna rock it. So it's it's a cool it's a cool design, and it's fun to see Fox bring some back the old designs of the 90s, because I am a 90s baby. So again, you can read all this stuff over at KieferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions, email me. Hey, I also got instructions from Heather. We have some shirts and hoodies left over. Oh, and a couple hats. So email Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. If you guys want some swag. And of course, support these advertisers that are on this show. They help this thing move along. Gives you guys information. It passes the time on your drive. Makes you laugh. you know, And uh, gives you guys an outlet to put your money into the right things and not shop blindly. And that's what we're about over here at KieferInkTesting.com. So as always, if you see me at the track, come over, say hi. You have a question, let's talk about it. Maybe I can help you. And uh, if we do guide you in the right direction, email us. Tell us what you got. Tell us what you bought. Show us a picture. We like that kind of thing out here. We like, we like knowing our listener. Uh, I've been, I'm a big, big advocate of uh, getting to know people and learning what they, what they like, what they dislike. So, uh, yeah, don't be shy. Email us. Come over to the truck. Say hi. No problem. If you see a blonde girl with big boobs, chances are I'm out there somewhere. And uh, you can tell her hi, too. She's pretty friendly as well. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Mathis and I are out for Castillo Ranch tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Mathis is riding. Holy shit. He's riding a lot, too. He's got a tennis elbow, but he's still riding. Like the commitment, Mathis. I love it. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. We're going to have some RM Army stuff next week. Big news. Woo! RM Army. See you all next week.